everybody, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Kronick, a TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies and your host for the program. We are the morning after Game 5 of the Western Conference Semifinals. Golden State Warriors still lead the series three games to two, but there will be a Game 6 in San Francisco on Friday night. Grizzlies will once again try to stave off elimination and force a seventh game, which would be Monday night at FedEx Forum. Uh, today's show is going to be very free form. Uh, I, I did not drop a show on Monday. Uh, I had a lot on my mind and wanted to make sure that uh, I could express everything that I had properly. Uh, and now with a few days of reflection, I can adequately do that. And um, you'll hear more about that in a little bit. Uh, th- there's a lot to talk about. The series has had no end of storylines and not all of them have been positive. And so we'll get to that in a minute. We'll just cover everything A to Z, start to finish, and we'll do it in free form. uh, form. Uh, No guest of the program. We are trying to get Amin Hel Asin on the program, and Amin has promised that he would come on, but he's very busy with the Dan LeBetard show and other things. And Amin, I love you. I'm just just teasing you a little bit. By the way, if you haven't seen the video clip of Amin El Hassan on the LeBetard show, his impersonations of Stephen A. Smith and Barack Obama are fantastic. I did not realize that Amin Al-Hassan, in addition to being a great NBA commentator, is also a gifted impersonator. But we're going to try and get him on the show. We'll see. Hopefully we can get that done. Talked to John Hollinger last night uh, at Game 5. Asked him. We'll get him on the podcast at some point. He's, he's ping-ponging all over the country watching all these games. But it was good to see him. Uh, also good to tell you that today's show is being brought to you, as it always is, by the Hoop City Basketball Club. You know that they do a great job working with young people, not only teaching them the game of basketball, but basketball, but also teaching them life skills as well. It's a really great program to get your young person involved in, and uh, they've got a ton of stuff going on. Uh, go to HoopCityBC.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at HoopCityBC. Uh, they've got a couple of things. They're running the Hoop City Live Basketball Tournament. That's May 20th to the 22nd. That's for boys and girls 8 and under, 17, all the way to 17 and under. It's $350 a team. Registration information is on the website. Now, this is new. The, uh, the summer league, as it were, for first to eighth grade boys, they are now starting to do individual placements. And the placements are going to take place on June 9th. And this league is going to run games June 15th to July 21st, and then they will have a season-end tournament. Uh, the placement fee is, is $40 a player. You can get all the information. If you want to get your boy between first and eighth grade placed on a team for this, uh, this summer league in the Hoop City Basketball Club, go to the website. They've got full information there. You can register online at hoopcitybc.com. Go ahead, take care of that. And uh, you can get your young fellow involved in the Jack Jones Summer League. So our thanks to Ernie Kuyper and his great group at Hoop City for their continued support of the Grizz Weekly Grind. All right, so uh, let, let's dive into this, at least from, from the game's perspective. Game four, everybody knows the story. Uh, Grizzlies led for 47 minutes and 15 seconds or something like that of the game. Uh, just too much Steph Curry down the stretch. Grizzlies late game execution, not there. And uh, they end up losing game four, pushing them to the brink, 3-1 down in the series. We all knew that coming into game five, the Grizzlies were going to play with 
obviously a heightened sense of desperation because it is win or go home in game five. You would have expected Golden State to come out with the killer mentality. We have rings, we have banners, we have championships. We know how to close teams out. We don't care if it's on the road or at home. We are going to close you out. Nobody, nobody in their wildest dreams expected 134 to 95. Nobody expected the Grizzlies to go wire to wire, leading by as many as 55 points in this game. Nobody expected that. This was a situation where the Grizzlies, who have had good starts, in pretty much all of the games of this series, often at the end of the first quarter, it's all of a sudden it's a tight game. And Golden State is closing fast. Well, the Grizzlies get off to a 38-28 lead. And you think, okay, this is is a really good start. Golden State's going to make their run. Klay Thompson is starting to shoot really well. Uh, And then the second quarter happens, and the second quarter was just amazing from a Grizzlies standpoint. They had nine offensive rebounds in the second quarter alone they forced 10 turnovers in the second quarter some of the turnovers good Grizzlies defense some of the turnovers by Golden State in that second quarter head scratchingly bad passes careless passes the, you, you could be shocked by the fact that the Grizzlies won this so lopsidedly if that's even a word but you have to wonder what was Golden State thinking you know, and, and Steph Curry goes on record saying, well, our, our game plan is whoop that trick. Okay. Bulletin board material, sure. And then this team just utterly no-shows. Andrew Wiggins, minus 23, five points. Clay Thompson, minus 45. Steph Curry, minus 37, 14 points. Now, to be fair, Curry only played 25 minutes, and, and, and so did Klay Thompson. Because this game, this game was this, this was a blowout at halftime. In the third quarter, the Grizzlies outscore Golden State 42-17. to 17. And then, really, the rest of the game, it, it was straight garbage time. Uh, I was sitting with Rob Fisher upstairs at the pinnacle level in, in the, the auxiliary press area. And normally, I'm taking pretty detailed notes for the postgame show on Bally Sports Southeast. I took good notes through halftime. The third quarter started, and I'm like, I don't need to take notes anymore. This this is just an incredible beatdown for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Just to talk about the balance of this team. And Taylor Jenkins in his postgame comments said, we deep. (laughs) And it was funny because Tyus Jones and Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. uh, were on the podium together, and they said, yeah, we're just going to leave it at that. We deep. And, and the Grizzlies were deep. This was a game where you talk about all hands on deck. And everybody played at least 12 minutes. The only guy who did not score was Jarrett Culver. Jarrett, uh, 0 for 6 from the floor. Not a, not a good night. But John Conchar gave you 9 points, 4 rebounds, couple of steals. Uh, Brandon Clark, a plus 20 off the bench. He was fantastic. Uh, seven rebounds, 11 points for him. Got the floater to fall, very active. Grizzlies put up uh, 37 assists in this game. The ball was popping. Every starter had multiple assists. Tyus Jones had nine. Kyle Anderson had seven off the bench. 
Draymond Green had five assists. That led Golden State. Grizzlies were plus 15 in assists. They were plus 19 in points off turnovers, plus 14 in the paint, plus 19 in second chance points, and plus seven in fast break points. Grizzlies had 19 more shot attempts as they out-rebounded Golden State 55-37 overall and 18-4 on the offensive glass. Uh, did the postgame show with uh, Fish and Chris Vernon. Brevin Knight is on a European vacation right now to go visit his daughter in Paris and also to play golf at St. Andrews. Um, it's good to be Brevin Knight. <laughs> and I, I say that with all, with all affection for one of my best friends in the world. This And Chris Vernon made the point, this was like a Grizzlies game in the middle of the season. That, you know, random opponent, and you blow them out because you play Grizzlies basketball. And this was Grizzlies basketball. Offensive rebounding, forcing turnovers, big bench production. This was as Grizzly as this team has been in the entire series. They were close to this in game four, and if not for some missed free throws and you know some poor late-game execution, maybe this is a different series. Uh, and I, you know, I talked to some people from Golden State before the game. They didn't want me to, to, to identify who said this. But there were people with Golden State said, you know what, we're lucky that we're up 3-1. You guys ought to be up 3-1. The Grizzlies now know what Minnesota felt like. Minnesota felt that they should have maybe won the series or at least would have been up 3-1. But Minnesota just had a series of fourth-quarter collapses. The Grizzlies, again, and particularly if the Grizzlies don't win this series in seven, you're going to go back and you're going to look at the missed jaw layup in game one, and you're going to look at, I don't want to say giving away game four, but game four you had in your hands and, and could not could not see it out. Uh, you're going to worry about that or you're going to wonder about that all season if the Grizzlies don't come back all the way and win this thing in seven. You're going to look at game four. You're going to look at game one, obviously the layup by Morant, and then you're going to look at the late game execution of game four. That's just the way that it is. Having said that, let me get on to another point here, and that is it is a time-honored tradition in the NBA that if you aspire to win a championship, you have to, you have to earn some scars. You're going to get some scars at some point, uh, and those scars always come in the playoffs, and they're always going to come with a certain element of heartbreak. Um, I think the, the example that is always frequently cited, you go into the late 80s and early 90s, and the Detroit Pistons had to overcome the Boston Celtics. They had that horrible turnover. Isaiah Thomas throws it away. Uh, you know, now there's a steal by Bird, uh, and, and they blow a game at Boston Garden that, again, they certainly had in their control. Then the Bulls with Michael Jordan. They couldn't get past the Pistons. Finally, they get past the Pistons. It's, it's one of those things that you have, to, you have to build up some playoff battle scars, usually in order to go on and win a championship. And so if the Grizzlies do not win this in seven, these will be battle scars that will serve this team really well. One of the things that a, a lot of media members talked about before game five uh, with the thought that, okay, maybe Golden State closes us out. Is this the most successful season in franchise history? And I think 
you probably have to say yes. Now, I know that there was a team that went to the Western Conference Finals but got swept by San Antonio. So you could make an argument for that team. I look at it from the perspective of this edition of the Grizzlies winning 56 games, tying a franchise record, most road wins in team history, and something that everybody forgot last night, including myself, you want a division title. I know the Southwest Division this year was not exactly murderer's row, but San Antonio made the play-in. New Orleans made the playoffs. Dallas made the playoffs and is giving Phoenix a pretty good run for their money. Houston was really you know, the, the only walkover in the entire division. So you got a division championship, most road wins in team history, uh, most second-chance points in league history, at least since they've been keeping that statistic. Uh, the Grizzlies, again, leading points in the paint, highest scoring team in franchise history, any number of franchise records broken this year. So, yes, regardless of what happens in six or seven, if there is a seven, you have to say this, is, this has been a wildly successful season for the Memphis Grizzlies. I want to get to something here that part of the reason why I didn't drop a podcast on Monday. This, there, there was a time in this series where I was a little turned off by everything. Um, you had the flagrant foul by Dylan Brooks in game two. It was a reckless swing. Dylan was frustrated. Uh, he was punished, ejected with a flagrant foul penalty to miss game three. Unfortunately, Gary Payton II fractures his elbow. He is out for the foreseeable future. Golden State says, you know, maybe he could be back if they make the finals. The rhetoric that came out was not helpful to the situation. Um, you know, if Steve Kerr wants to say it's a dirty play, fine. When he comes back, you know, a, a day or so later and says, well, our mantra is, you know, we play hard, we don't try to injure people. It, it, it was not helpful to the overall conversation in this series. Now, some backstory. I know Steve Kerr. We were together for a year with the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, we were always friendly. We drove. Sometimes we drove to the airport together. Uh, I've, I've known Steve throughout the years. I have great respect for him as a coach, as a person. But what he said, it 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 did not, it did not mitigate, did not cool the temperature in the room in what was a very very heated series, particularly for through the first couple of games and then into Game Three, where now you have the Jordan Poole play with John Morant. Um, and so the Grizzlies obviously were upset what they felt Jordan pulled on Jaws' knee. I, I think that we're pretty clear that that may have exacerbated an existing injury. All that we can say is what Taylor Jenkins said from the podium prior to Game 5 when he was basically accused of targeting Jordan Poole by a member of the media. It's like, look, Josh said he was fine until that moment. That's all we know. Whether it caused it or not, we don't know. Was it a dirty play by Jordan Poole? No, I don't think it was. He was, he was reaching for the ball. Uh, he was trying to make another reach. He was off balance. He grabbed at anything he could. It happened to be Josney. Did it actually cause it? You know, it, it, it's hard to say. Uh, the Grizzlies certainly seem to think so. But you go back to the uh, 
Dylan Brooks play. And one of the things that as we watched game two from our perch, you see the flagrant foul two happen and Jordan Poole and others start to move away from the bench area. So the question was asked, and we, and we talked about it when we were sitting there watching the game, is there a possibility Jordan Poole now gets suspended because he left the bench area? And Rob Fisher, our sideline reporter, had thrown that out on social media. Hey, are they going to look at Jordan Poole leaving the bench area after the flagrant foul penalty too? Well, the reality is if there is not an altercation, a player can, can leave the area it, it's, you know, it's, it's, in, it's an entirely different situation. There was no altercation. Therefore, Jordan Poole moving away from the bench. Okay, no penalty. Cool, got it. Now we understand the rule. The problem was social media just went bananas as Golden State fans went after Rob, went after his kids, went after his family on social media. Kelsey Wright Johnson, who played basketball in Canada, has known Dylan Brooks for years, Puts out there, Dylan's not a dirty player. He wasn't trying to injure Gary Payton II. And I, I believe that. Dylan made a reckless basketball play. It was not going through his mind, I want to take this guy out. Kelsey Wright Johnson then is the subject of death threats and rape threats. This is not cool. And that's why after games two and three, I really didn't feel compelled to get on a microphone because I was so upset and look, I, I understand that what happens on social media, sometimes it's the bottom of the barrel. I get that. Um, but I was so discouraged by the rhetoric that was coming out. Uh, and I was so discouraged by the reaction of fans to a legitimate question. Hey, does Jordan Poole get suspended because he came off the bench area? Answer, no. There was no altercation. Okay, fine, cool, got it. But you have to go after somebody's career? Do you have to go after somebody's family? Go after somebody's children? You really need to get a life. Really and truly, you need to get a life if this is how you are going to approach this. And again, the rhetoric that was coming from the podium was, was not helping this. And that, that's why really I, I, was, I was just beside myself. And for a couple of days, and understand during the course of the playoffs, I'm getting interview requests from all over the place. And, and for a couple of days, I said, you know what? I don't want to talk to anybody because I was just so out of sorts with all of this and, and you know, trying to, trying to process it. So that's why I had to step away for a little bit and just say, you know what? I'm just going to let this slide for a couple of days. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody because what I want from this series is good quality basketball. Okay? I don't want to hear about statements from the podium about this or that or casting aspersions on players or teams or, or, or whatever. Just play games. Just play the damn games. Play them the right way. And whoever's standing with four wins at the end of the series, fine, you move on. And the team that doesn't win a series, they got to move on, they go into the offseason. Let's just have some good basketball. That's all I want to see. And we saw some really good basketball in games four and five. And we didn't have flagrant fouls. And we didn't have anybody pontificating from the podium about this, that, or the other thing. Uh, so that was good to see. And so that's why I took Monday off. Hope you understand. Um, 
just had a lot of stuff on my mind and I, I wanted to find a proper way to express it. And hopefully I just did. Um, got a couple more things. We'll talk about game six in a moment, but first, uh, let's take a break here and tell you that today's show is being brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. You know that the NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs, well, DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Here's what you do. You create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And just like that, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Now, all customers right now can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs, and you get a free bet back up to $25 if one of those legs does not hit. So download your DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and you'll get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. We will tell you that if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. In Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming, and Arizona, you call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado or New Hampshire, 1-800-522-4700. In Connecticut, it's 888-789-7777, or the website is ccpg.org chat. In Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Louisiana, 1-877-770-STOP. New York, it's 877-8-HOPE-NY, or you can also text HOPE-NY, and that number is 467-369. In Oregon, visit the website opgr.org. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789, or in Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. You must be 21 or older, 18 or older in the state of Wyoming. You must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming. Only minimum $5 deposit is required. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Oh, by the way, uh, we go back to the show and uh, hopefully that you will uh, rate, review, and uh, if you like what you hear on the Grizz Weekly Grind, why don't you tell your friends about it and uh, get them to uh, download and listen to the program as well. All right, now that I have uh, gotten all that off my chest about all the rhetoric and everything that was going on, let's talk about Game 6 and the possibilities of the Grizzlies forcing a Game 7. Number one, the impact of Steven Adams, I think, is incalculable in this series. And, of course, missed games due to COVID. Taylor Jenkins maybe felt uh, a sense of loyalty to Xavier Tillman to have him start. And then Steven Adams, uh, you know, now in the starting lineup, 13 rebounds, six on the offensive end in game five. This is going to force... Mike Brown or Steve Kerr's hand. And we don't know if Kerr is going to be available to coach game six or if he will still be in COVID protocol. You're starting Jonathan Kaminga, teenager, uh, at one of the forward spots along with Andrew Wiggins. Draymond Green is your center. Golden State does not have size outside of Kavon Looney and Kaminga. I don't know that they have the physical presence, maybe Looney a little bit, but I don't know that anybody matches up with Steven Adams. 
You put Steven Adams on the floor with Jaron Jackson Jr., and I guarantee you there isn't anybody on Golden State that can handle Jaron, particularly if you got Steven Adams occupying one of the bigs. Jaron Jackson Jr. is a matchup nightmare. Brevin and I have been talking about this all season long, and I think now Jaron is starting to understand just how much of a matchup nightmare he can be. You know, I mean, he goes to the bucket, gets a bucket. Steps out to three. Now, look, in game four, he was 0 for 7 from three. I get that. But he was 4 of 6 from three in game five. He is the matchup nightmare that Carl Anthony Towns was for the Grizzlies in the first round. The Grizzlies need to maximize Jaron Jackson Jr. Part of that is keeping Steven Adams on the floor. Um, and you can put Steven Adams on Draymond Green. Draymond, Draymond's not going to shoot. You almost have to beg Draymond Green to shoot. I mean, he played 22 minutes, only shot four times, and two of those were threes. He's not an offensive weapon, but so maybe you can put Steven Adams on him. But the Adams effect, I think, has been incalculable. You look at the advanced numbers and what he has meant to this team when he's on the floor is fantastic. And it's not just in this series. You look at the on-off-court ratings. Steven Adams, Jaron Jackson Jr. are at the top of the list. Those are the guys that need to be on the floor. And whereas Steven Adams did not have a matchup really favorable to him in the Minnesota series, I think you can find favorable matchups for him in this series. So I, I think that he is going to be a huge factor. And if he and Jaron are on the floor at the same time and Jaron is able to score, get to the rim the way that we think he can, then you got a possibility of, of having a Game 7 back in Memphis. I, I think that, that that is quite possible. Uh, that the Grizzlies can do this. Other reasons for optimism about Game 6. I know that Golden State is more battle-tested. They have banners. They have rings. They have a good home court advantage. This Grizzlies team does not have the number of playoff games under their belt. They have no rings. They have no banners. But they do have the knowledge that they went in there last year. Now, of course, they had John Moran in that game. I get that. Um... They went into that game. It was win or go home in San Francisco in the play-in game. And they won that game. This is a Grizzlies team. And I've said this all throughout the year. This is a Grizzlies team. They respect everybody. They fear nobody. And that's, that's a good way to be. I know some people around the league don't like the Grizzlies because they feel they talk a lot of trash and they really haven't accomplished anything. Okay, if, if that's your opinion, go for it. But you, you need to have a certain element of confidence in order to pull off big wins. And that's where this team is right now. Um, talked to Tyus Jones in the walk-off interview last night. So look, we're locked in. Locked in really on both ends of the floor. I, I thought the ball movement, the body movement was fantastic. It yielded a lot of open shots. I mean, the Grizzlies, 18 threes, and you shoot not only high rate of makes, but just high percentage, 44% from three and you know you go back and we, we looked at the highlights last night on the postgame show on Bally Sports Southeast there was no contest from Golden State I mean their, their effort on closing out on threes was abysmal and so a lot of the threes were wide open they were barely contested and the Grizzlies do have capable three-point shooters particularly when they're not heavily contested uh, and I, I am so happy for Tyus Jones because uh, I'm just looking at the box score here. I'm looking, okay, who made threes? Well, Jaron made four, Bain made four, Tyus Jones made four. 
Tyus Jones had one of the best three-point shooting seasons of his career. Uh, 21 and 9 and zero turnovers in less than 25 minutes in a playoff game. It's just remarkable from Tyus Jones. Um, so when you talk about reasons for optimism for the Grizzlies in Game 6, I think, I think number one is they believe they can do it. Uh, they have shown that they can play with this Golden State team. Certainly did it in Game 1, more than did it in Game 4, and obviously Game 5. You know, Game 5 is that outlier that, okay, what did we really learn from this? We learned that the Grizzlies, when they move ball and body, they can get open shots. You can't expect Golden State to play this poorly in Game 6. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine... I mean, I was stunned. Like I said, I, you know, we're sitting up there watching the game, and I'm saying officials, like, I'm not sure which is the bigger story, how well the Grizzlies are playing or how Golden State has just no-showed this thing. It was, it was just incredible that Golden State, with all their championship pedigree, with their banners, with their rings, with their all-stars, with their MVPs, and they just, they just no-showed. I mean, that, that was incredible. In fact, <laughs> somebody on Twitter said Mike Brown has already been fired from the Sacramento Kings job, which, uh, you know, I, I don't know that all this is on Mike Brown. I mean, he tried to push some buttons in the second half, tried to find a combination that works. But the, the bottom line is Grizzlies played with a greater sense of desperation, played with a greater sense of urgency. And, uh, you know, they and, and they shot they shot lights out. They played really, really well. So, you know, if you have one team playing to the to the top level of their capability and another team playing to the bottom of their capability, you're going to get a game that ends up 134 to 95. Expect Golden State to come out and come out and try to throw the first punch in game six. If the Grizzlies can either A, throw the first punch and persist, or B, respond if Golden State gets off to the great start, can you put some doubt in Golden State's mind about this whole thing? Because they had a closeout game on the road in Memphis, a um, couple games after blowing out Memphis in San Francisco, hmm, can you seed some doubt in Golden State? The other piece of this, too, is, and this was you know, not widely reported because you know, everybody was talking about the, the, the margin of victory and, and all that, Otto Porter Jr. was not a factor in this game and went out with a sore foot. Will he be back for game six? Because when you look at this Golden State team and the, the two guys off the bench that have just killed the Grizzlies in this series, Jordan Poole and Otto Porter Jr. Jordan Poole finished with three points. Three points with four turnovers, played 20 minutes, shot just one of six and one of three from three. Does Jordan Poole have another bad game? Is Otto Porter not available? We know Andre Iguodala will not be available for game six. So if you take Porter out of the mix... Obviously, you still have Jordan Poole, and you have Kevon Looney. Then after that, you get to get down to Damian Lee, who's gotten spot minutes. Now, Bielitsa and Moses Moody and Juan Toscano-Anderson got big minutes because of, because of the, st- the state of the game and the blowout. This becomes a very short Golden State bench, whereas the Grizzlies still have Zaire Williams, Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark, DeAnthony Melton in reserve. And so maybe the Grizzlies bench, if they show up again in game six, maybe they are the decisive factor if you keep Jordan Poole under wraps. It's going to be a fascinating game six. It'll be another another late night. Uh, the game will tip at 9 o'clock central time. 
and we will have post-game coverage, of course, on Bally Sports Southeast. We will be on the air immediately after uh, ESPN signs off. They will have the game nationally. Uh, Fish, Chris Vernon, and I will have the post-game show, like I said, on Bally Sports Southeast. And uh, we'll see. Maybe next Monday there'll be a Game 7 in FedEx form. What a sight that would be. A Game 7 of this series. And after all we've been through with this series, I think it deserves a Game 7. But first, Grizz has got to win Game 6. We'll see if that shakes out on uh, Friday night. So, the Grizzlies play on. And, uh, man, that was, that was an amazing thing. 134.95. I walked out of the building a little after midnight. Philip Dean, who does an amazing job with Bally Sports Southeast on, on the social media side and, and posts the interviews and, and all that, uh, we were walking to our cars, and we looked at each other, and we said, what the hell just happened? What the hell just happened? We had no idea because, like I said, nobody in their wildest dreams would have expected that game to turn out that way. But it did. And so Golden State leads the series three games to two. We're going back to San Francisco for game six on Friday night. We'll have complete coverage, as I said, on Bally Sports Southeast immediately after ESPN signs off from their telecast. And then we'll see about a game seven. So in the meantime, thanks so much for listening, putting up with uh, me for prattling on for little Lord well over half an hour. Um, <laughs> hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, rate, review, uh, tell your other Grizzlies uh, fans and friends to, uh, to check this podcast out. Hope you enjoyed it. Our thanks to Hoop City Basketball Club for their continued support and also DraftKings Sportsbook. And oh, by the way, Father's Day is coming up. If you want a, a special greeting for your dad or grandfather or whomever, I am on Cameo. So go to Cameo.com, search Pete Pranica. Uh, I do no, donate a portion of the proceeds from my Cameos to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. So uh, birthday, anniversary, wedding, engagement, uh, you name it, particularly Father's Day. Go to Cameo.com, search Pete Pranica. I'll be happy to uh, craft a, uh, a special, uh, special message to somebody who is important in your life. Again, thanks so much for listening. This has been the Green's Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Planica. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.